Welcome back to the Breastfeeding Talk podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Kinser. And before I even tell you who today's guest is going to be, this is honestly the best interview I've done on this podcast so far. Uh, In fact, I even say it in the episode, but this might be an episode that you're going to listen to more than once. You might even find yourself sharing this with people who aren't breastfeeding moms like yourself, and you may even want to take a a few notes. So uh, I did make some great show notes for this episode, so make sure you check those out. That way you have access to the bulk of the information or at least a little outline and some links to guide you to all the right places. Now, before I tell you who today's guest is, and I know you're itching to hear, I do have to say thank you, thank you so much to all of the listeners out there who have already left a review for the podcast on iTunes. First of all, I love getting your feedback because if you're listening, I have no idea what you're thinking of the podcast, so it's always great to hear from you. And if you want to connect with me personally, just message me on Instagram at Holistic Lactation. Uh, But I appreciate all the reviews so far left by you guys. They're absolutely impactful, and they do help the podcast get found. So if you have not yet had the opportunity to leave a review, I would absolutely encourage you to do that so that other moms just like you can find the podcast a little more easily and uh, it'll show up there uh, for them on iTunes. And I wanted to do just a shout out to uh, Haley. She left a wonderful review. Uh, I assume your name's Haley. It's 00Haley00. She said, Jacqueline's message is so important and every woman and our culture needs to hear this. We as women need to value ourselves and expect better health care for ourselves too. This is an empowering and encouraging podcast, and I love Jacqueline's give-it-to-you-straight approach. That is the perfect intro to this episode with Dr. Stephen Chernisky. Now, you might not have heard of him before, but he is an incredible doctor and biochemist with some amazing information that he's going to share with you about your health, and it is definitely, like like I do, he's got a give-it-to-you-straight approach. And if you want more energy in your life, if you want better sleep, this is an episode that is vital to not just your breastfeeding journey, but your postpartum journey and your postpartum for the rest of your life. So without further ado, here is the episode. Hi, I'm Jacqueline Kinser, and for the past five years, I've been helping families all around the globe to overcome their breastfeeding challenges. And this is the first non-clinical breastfeeding podcast that shows you how to rock breastfeeding and master motherhood through practical tips, mindset shifts, and honest conversation to create a confident and empowering breastfeeding journey. This is the Breastfeeding Talk Podcast. Right. Welcome to the podcast. I have Dr. Stephen Chernisky on the podcast. He's a biochemist and former university instructor in clinical nutrition. He served on the faculty for the American College of Sports Medicine. He's advised members of the U.S. Olympic team and directed the nation's first 
federally licensed clinical laboratory specializing in nutrition and immunology. He's also a best-selling author with more than a million copies in print, and Stephen has a remarkable gift for communicating breakthrough science that inspires, entertains, and motivates, so I have to say that it is a huge pleasure to welcome you to the podcast. Uh, I recently wrapped up your book, Caffeine Blues, and you've got a new book out there, so welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jacqueline. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I'd love for you to just kind of tell me a little bit about how you got started looking into these things and a little bit about the books that you've written. Well, the yeah, I was in clinical practice for a, a little bit over a decade. And, and what was really striking to me was, uh, in regards to caffeine, uh, what was striking was that people had no idea how much they were consuming. Um, so this was back in the early days of the the energy drink boom, uh, and you know with Rockstar and Monster and 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 all those other <laughs> terrible products. Um, and so I would you know people would be coming to me and and their their main you know problem was fatigue, for example. Um, and and I would say, well, let, let's, see, let's get a handle on how much caffeine you're consuming. And and it, they would have to think, well, I have well, you know, three cups. And I would say, well, how big is your cup? Uh, and and they would and they would show me a you know an enormous mug. <laughs> and I would say, no, that's three cups of coffee right there. And then they and how many of those do you have? And so it it became clear that someone needed to write a book about uh, this this addictive uh, problem. And, and again, it's not a book about zero, you know, caffeine. For some people, zero is, a, is really important. But for most people, it's just getting a handle on how much you're consuming and are you consuming multiple hits of caffeine during the day. Um, and, and of course, the, the, biggest, the biggest question I had to answer was, where am I going to get the energy? And of course, you know the answer to that. <laughs> yes, I do. And I just have to say that this book was one that I have known about for, oh my gosh, I would say two years. And I just had a lot of resistance to it, but mostly because I, I really don't consume any caffeine other than coffee. So I was like, well, my one cup a day, I'm probably fine. I, I haven't drank soda for probably uh, 20 years. Um, I don't do energy drinks, that kind of stuff. So you know, but then something started creeping up in my own personal health where last year I was really feeling low on energy. Like I just couldn't get started in the mornings. I was feeling a bit depressed and I was starting to have that second cup of coffee. So I went to my naturopath and I said, you know, just, I'm, I'm really healthy person. A normal doctor would look at me and go, why are you here? You're in great health. And I was like, but I know something isn't quite right. And she said, yeah, you're probably right. Let's run some labs. So we did, we did like six pages of, of lab work. I did a saliva test, all these things. Turns out my adrenals were really suffering, very, very taxed. I had some other hormone imbalances uh, and even low blood sugar and, and very low blood pressure. So we started this whole regimen of supplements and things and uh, you know, doing a little gut healing, that was also an issue. And I definitely started to feel a lot better and I didn't feel like I needed that boost with more coffee or anything like that. But I got a hold of your book as I'm going on this journey. I read it and I went back to her and I said, you know, I'm pretty sure I should be giving up caffeine. And I've started going through this, this protocol to get off that's described in your book. And she said, yeah, that's probably a good idea. Uh, I would suggest that too. And I'm like, well, okay, but why didn't you suggest that from the get-go? Because 
ultimately, I'm not saying caffeine caused all those problems. I think me, you know, being a busy mom and running a business and all these things definitely, definitely led to that. But uh, it definitely wasn't helping me recover my health. And that was what my ultimate goal was. So, uh, you know, I read your book too, thinking not only about myself, but about the families that I work with, especially these breastfeeding mothers and their babies and how it affects them. And you have so much to say, but I would absolutely love to start with you just even talking about maybe some of the differences between, you know, men and women. We could just start there uh, from a starting point, how caffeine affects women much more so than it does men. Well, the, the first thing you have to remember is that caffeine is a drug. Um, you know, if, if, if caffeine was not being consumed by millions of people on a daily basis and there was a drug company that wanted to market this drug uh they'd have a hard time getting it through the fda <laughs> because and for the simple reason that it affects people differently um and then what you just mentioned is probably the most important difference which is between men and women uh caffeine like any other drug has to be detoxified by the liver that's the that's the job of the liver is to make sure that this molecule, this drug, um, is, is, is pulled apart into pieces that are harmless. Uh, and, and so the liver does that job. What's interesting and important is that men have a larger liver than women, about 30% larger. Uh, excuse me for that. That's going to stop soon. That's um, okay. It happens. You're not the so, first guest on the podcast to have an interruption. <laughs> So men have a, a, a larger liver, and so they detoxify caffeine generally faster and better than, than a woman does. At the same time, uh, we, we learned, in fact, two years after I wrote Caffeine Blues, we learned that, that there's a genetic difference, that 50% of people uh, tend to be slow metabolizers of caffeine. So that means that if you have multiple uh, exposures during the day, the coffee in the morning, the energy drink in the afternoon, the tea at night, and multiple exposures will mean that you are going to accumulate uh, caffeine and elevate stress hormones, uh, and and that's going to have an effect on your sleep. It's going to have an effect on your mood and your 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 energy because. What we have to constantly remember is that caffeine doesn't give you energy at all. Um, it's a stimulant, and stimulants have a temporary effect of Im improving alertness, and that kind of feels like energy, but it isn't. Um, you know, if 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 you woke up in the morning and you said to your 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 partner, "Hey, would you slap me in the face really hard?" Um, and and so I can move into the day. <laughs> that's the that's the effect of caffeine. It's like a slap in the face. It is not energy. Um, and in fact, that point is so important. I wrote another book <laughs> called uh, "The Metabolic Makeover." the subtitle of which, it's all about energy. And in the metabolic makeover, my wife, who's a double board certified family practice doctor here in Olympia, uh, we discuss the energy equation uh, in great detail, and it's it's not clinical, it's not difficult to read. Uh, we have lots of cartoons, lots of illustrations and, 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 and things to make it readable because energy really is the issue for everyone. Um, and and it, it's it's 
certainly the most important issue for anybody that sees my wife as a patient. It's the most important issue for the hundreds of people that I talk to on a weekly basis uh, as, as we manage our own, our own practice. Um, and, and caffeine is, is basically uh, the exact opposite because there's always a crash. Uh, some people, the crash is serious. Uh, some people, the crash is, 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 you know, hardly noticeable, but there's always a, price that you pay uh, for stimulating your nervous system over and over and over again. And the price you pay is, as as you know, is the elevation of stress hormones uh, that causes anxiety, uh, can stimulate, can, can, can precipitate panic attacks, uh, leads to depression, uh, as well as increased risk for a number of disorders, including hypertension. Wow. I'm yes, I'm I'm blown away because you just said so much in that. And I think this is gonna be an episode where people are gonna to listen to it more than once and, and take some notes. And and I'll try to put as much as I can in the show notes as well because uh, you know, one thing I wanted to touch on and where you were going, I, I don't want to stop that train of thought, but you mentioned the liver and, and the size difference between men and women. And liver is this processor of hormones, but also Many things that I will you know, suggest for my patients in terms of if they're struggling with low milk supply, most of those herbs are very beneficial for the liver. And so the last thing we want to be doing is being, you know, taxing your liver as a breastfeeding mom even more. And especially if you take medications of any kind, uh, for the most part, that's going to put an extra stress load on your liver, but even the birth process. So most moms are having some sort of medications in their birth, whether it's just the bare minimum of an epidural or it's Pitocin or you had a C-section or other things and your body has to detoxify all of that. And it's not like you had it one day and it's gone the next. And so you talked a bit about cumulative cumulative effect. Uh, the other thing that came to mind was not just mom's liver, but baby's liver. So if a um, breastfeeding mom is consuming caffeine, they're getting caffeine in, in the breast milk. And I know no one really likes to hear this, but I'd love for you to talk about some of the impacts there in terms of a baby, a newborn, or or even a later baby and their livers, because obviously they're a lot smaller. You mentioned size difference was was a factor there. Well, talk talk to any any mom and, and ask them what's the most important thing for for your health, and they're going to say sleep. Yes, <laughs> and, and and if because that's when we all recharge, uh, and the demands of, of a new mom, the demands are tremendous, um, and and so. Imagine if the baby can't sleep because because of the caffeine and the breast milk. That's going to have a a catastrophic effect uh, on the ability of that mom to to do the daily things that she needs to do to care for herself and her baby. So so that's critically important that we get that a baby, uh, even even a six month old, their liver is still developing. <laughs> their livers should not be busy detoxifying caffeine. <laughs> their livers should be doing what the liver has to do, which is, listen to this, 60 different metabolic functions are all performed by the liver. So, wow. so, so wow. When, you talk, when you talk about uh, the drugs that all have to be detoxified, and, and I don't want to get off on that very much, but you know, there was a time in my life 
when I was when I was considering going into drug development. Um, most of my colleagues <laughs> were were doing that because that's where the money was, right? right. And, and one of the things that we learned was that you know the the. <laughs> If you're developing a drug, no matter what it is, you have to develop the drug um, with an aim to overwhelm the liver's ability to detoxify that drug in order to keep, in order to keep the, uh, the, 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 the concentration of that drug at a threshold level in the bloodstream. Wow. So, so that, that's, it, it gets crazy. So, so here's the mom. Uh, she's been on some drugs. Uh, to, to deal with whatever it was that was going on during her pregnancy. Her liver is already stressed, and now she's using caffeine to get through the day. Uh, that, that, is, that is a downward spiral that can be serious. Yeah. No, that makes so much sense. And I had no idea what you just said about you know the development of, of pharmaceuticals. And, and like you already said, caffeine is a drug. Um, that's, that makes sense that it, it would need to be something that's not easily detoxified by the liver for it to be, you know, effective. Um, and, you know, like you said, caffeine is a drug. There was also something that you pointed out in your book about how the level of caffeine, the amount of milligrams isn't disclosed. Like you can't look on your coffee bean package or your soda and see actually, or your, you know, chocolate bar, right. And see how much is in there. So, uh, it sounds to me like there's an issue with we just don't even know how much caffeine we're really being exposed to. Is that correct? Well, that is correct, and especially when you look at, um, at at all the ways that caffeine sneaks into the food and beverage supply, uh, because it, because it is addictive. Everybody knows if you're a marketer, everybody knows that hey, if I can put some caffeine in here, and people are going to get a little bit of a jolt from my from my product, hey, I'm 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 going to go ahead and do that. Number one, caffeine is dirt cheap. Um, you can buy pure caffeine from China for about $15. Listen to this, $15 a kilo. You, caffeine is, because it's, it's all wow. synthetic caffeine from China. And even if it's, quote, natural caffeine, it's still the same molecule. Um, and so the idea that the unscrupulous <laughs> manufacturers can add a drug to their product and not disclose the dose is insane. But that's where we're at <laughs> in this country. So, you know, I always tell people because I'm shocked when I find a company that I thought was a great company making good products. And wouldn't you know it, they've got an energy product. Um, and, and maybe it says caffeine. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it says Garano, Bissy Nut, Cola Nut, Ma Huang, um, you know, green tea extract. No matter what it is, there's always a little bit or sometimes a lot of caffeine in the product because they, they want to hook you into buying the product and, and, and depending on it. Wow. It's, it, it's, like, it's like drug dealing. <laughs> it is. That's nuts. I, like I even gave the price quote in kilos. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I can really, I actually looked at, uh, you know, I've, I've, I thought it was a healthy thing. I, I like, you know, sometimes I'll have like a nice green juice or a healthy smoothie. And I uh, went to a place one time and I got an acai bowl and it had grana in it. And I didn't know that had caffeine in it. So I was unknowingly un ingesting that. And thankfully it's not a, a regular thing for me. Uh, so even these health products, you know, using air quotes there can often have these drugs in them, which is just crazy. Um, but, 
yeah, back to what you were saying though about anxiety and depression. Uh, you started to touch on that. And I think that's a huge topic because there's a, a fair number of people in my practice that I've seen that are affected by one or the other or both. And especially sometimes it, it can just come on postpartum. There's, you know, automatically these huge hormonal changes and life changes and, uh, you know, caffeine is, is playing a role into, into increasing that. But I'd love to learn a little more about why that is. Well, it's it's so insidious, Jacqueline, because because the it's the it's the go-to f- solution that you think of automatically. Oh, I, I you know I'm, I've got this brain fog. I, I got to or I'm tired, or I've I've got to get through a busy day. I need some help. Reaching for that that coffee is 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 the is the first thing you think of um and and no one is no one is out there and it actually you know w- with a with a very loud voice anyway no one's out there saying hey that's not the solution <laughs> you're gonna dig yourself into a deeper hole um and, and so what we have to understand is a caffeine is not a, 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 an energy source no one is tired because of a caffeine deficiency and, and once we understand that we start to look for other for other things which interestingly um, can help with mood um, I think it's important for people to understand that DHEA which is a hormone produced by the adrenal glands in the brain uh, DHEA has a powerful effect on mood and and it's rare that you find a, a a new mom with levels of DHEA that are that are optimal and so I think it's important for anybody mm. you know when you go to the doctor um, and they're going to do some tests to see you know, well what's going on let's look at your your metabolic profile um, you have to make sure that your doctor measures your DHEA sulfate because low DHEA is going to mean that you're tired. Low DHEA is going to affect your mood. It's going to affect your immune system. It's going to affect your ability to cope. Um, DHEA, my wife calls it the can-do hormone. Uh, and if your DHA levels are low, and, and oftentimes in a new mom, uh, it, it, it's in double digits. When the optimal DHEA level in your blood for a woman is 250 to 350 micrograms per deciliter. So my wife, again, double board certified family medicine doctor, she sees a lot of women with this issue and, and, and she'll always measure their DHA sulfate level. Um, and she'll show them, you know, you have the DHA level of a, of an, of a 60 year old woman and you're only, you know, 29. So, so we have to fix that right away. And oftentimes the, the effect is dramatic, rapid, uh, and, and she's got a very happy patient saying, oh, my life has changed. Why? Because they dealt with the issue rather than using that, that knee jerk, oh, I need more caffeine. If your DHE, DHE level is low, uh, there's no way you're going to function optimally. That is so insightful, and and this is something so uh, fascinating, and and it's you know your contribution to this you know knowledge here has actually changed the way that I practice when I when I'm working with moms who understandably are are going through some big changes and may feel lower on energy. I had not, I mean, it was a question on my intake form about caffeine intake, but it wasn't really a conversation that I would have during most of my appointments. And now 
it's a conversation I'm having at every appointment. And just even, you know, while that might not be something I can't order lab work or any of that, but if a mom is telling me she's experiencing certain symptoms, like you've mentioned, I now feel confident where I could say, Hey, you know, you might want to ask your provider about actually getting that DHEA sulfate level checked. And, and here's what the normal is, uh, because they, they kind of oftentimes need to end up going to their providers, unfortunately, and, and telling them what they need checked. Uh, as you probably know, I'm sure you get patients who have seen other doctors and not gotten the help they've needed and they come to you. And like you said, with your wife, they, they feel better because you've treated the root cause of what's actually going on, which is very powerful. Well, it is. We, we, DHEA is the, is the king of the metabolic modifiers. And in, in our book, uh, The Metabolic Makeover, uh, we, we discuss and, and present 30 metabolic makeovers, 30 things that you can do to improve your energy level. Uh, but but DHEA obviously is is number one. Uh, oftentimes, uh, you find that uh, women who are who are active before they got pregnant uh, then became you know they they went through the pregnancy and now they're trying to get back to the gym to work out because working out is something that was a part of their life that made them feel alive and energetic and vibrant uh, but they can't do that uh, and and so rather than just you know feel bad about yourself and oh I'm a, I'm a bad person I I, I want to go work out but I just don't have the energy uh, it's not going to come from caffeine it's going to come from other metabolic modifiers that we discuss in in, in the metabolic makeover but DHEA, I'm going to say it one more time, DHEA is, is the most important. Uh, it, it improves exercise tolerance. Uh, it improves what we call resilience, uh, the ability of, uh, that we all have to, to deal with the stresses of daily life. Uh, when Scott Peck wrote the book, The Road Less Traveled, he was, he was a neighbor of mine. Um, and, and he came over with the manuscript, uh, and, and wanted me to kind of take a look at it. And, and, and I opened the book and, or opened the manuscript and I said, Scott, wait a minute, you can't start a book with this statement. Life is difficult. And, and he smiled and put his hand on my shoulder and said, why do you disagree? <laughs> <laughs> So, so we know, we know that life is difficult. So what we do to deal with the stresses of life, the what I call the vicissitudes of life, how do you handle those things? And, and for so many women, exercise was a critically important part of their coping mechanism. And now they just don't feel like, oh, the last thing I want to do is go back to the gym. Check your DHEA sulfate level. Get it into the optimum range because it's, you can eat it. You don't have to take an injection. You don't have to use pellets. You can just take a take an oral dose um, and get your DHA level back into the optimal range, and and you'll see. And at the same time, you know, cut down on the caffeine uh, to the absolute minimum. Or like in your case, you found that zero was a good number for you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and I think you know I see these memes all over the internet, especially social media. And I'm very active over on Instagram. And you know these you know hashtag mom life is is on the coffee mug or mom juice or mom fuel. Or, you know, right? Like new mom plus coffee equals happiness. And it's it yeah, couldn't it's be an, further from the truth, right? It's an insidious message. It really is. I mean, it's cra- like that people 
like that you go to Target and you see this cute coffee mug that you must have that is giant, right? Probably like you said, the equivalent of, of actually three cups of coffee and that you're, and no, and no offense to moms out there, but you know, you're, you're pushing your stroller with your coffee mug and you're, you're trying to take good care of yourself. But that thing that's in your hand, that hot beverage that we've learned through marketing, right. And, and all of that, you know, Madison Avenue, you know, brains over there who have decided that, you know, coffee is seen as this comfort, this connection, you know, coffee shops. I mean, the, the popularity of Starbucks, all these things have, have really sprung up. And then not to mention bulletproof coffee. I'm sure you have a lot to say about that, but, <laughs> but if we just add some special oil to our coffee, then it's, it's okay. It's healthy for us. Um, but it sounds like really that we're, we're leading to over consuming these things. And, and it's almost seen as weird if you don't drink it. I know I've, you know, when I want to meet up with someone, they'll say, Oh, let's go to a coffee shop. And I'm like, cool. Um, do they have like decaf tea or a smoothie or something else? And they're like, you don't drink coffee. I'm like, no, I, I used to, I gave it up. They're like, they look at me like I have two heads. So there's a lot of social pressure there as well. And, and I think it just become part of our culture, not just even in the US, but all over the world, there's many rituals surrounding coffee as well. Well, and, and that's, that's an important thing that you bring up. We, we like the rituals associated with brewing coffee. We like the smell. We like the, we like, we like the pattern that we get into. And so you're asking somebody to, to make a significant change. Um, and the easiest way to make that change is to, is to go to like a green tea. Um, green tea it does have some caffeine in it, but, but a whole lot less than coffee. Uh, green tea also has theanine, which, which has the, a buffering effect on the stimulant of caffeine. So green tea for a lot of people is a great step in the right direction. Um, and black tea is also okay. Green tea has a little bit more antioxidant benefits than black tea, but but that's a good step in the right direction. Is going from you know black coffee or coffee you know with whatever soy milk you put in it, going to a, a, a cup of green tea is really a, a good step in the right direction, as well as another beverage, another hot warm beverage that you can you can create. There's also herbal coffees on the market. The one I'm most familiar with is called Ticino, T E E. C-H-I-N-O, Ticino, which is sold in health food stores, um, is an herbal coffee. You brew it the same way you would brew your coffee in the morning, but it is zero caffeine. It's, it has a robust flavor, uh, and, and, and it's something which I would highly recommend, Ticino. Yeah, that's, that's great. You know, I actually have, have tried that uh, myself and really enjoyed the flavor of it. And one of the things I'll, I'll tell our listeners, since you're listening to this, you're a breastfeeding mom, is uh, the ingredients in Ticino are actually really great for, uh, you know, not just your liver, but just supporting lactation. Often they have uh, dandelion uh, leaf um, and, and barley, and those things are very well known for increasing milk supply. So for the moms out there who might be drinking the disgustingly tasted mother's milk tea, uh, and you're listening to this episode, and if you if you were making your coffee while you were listening to this, I'm sorry, but <laughs> I suspect a few moms are like, oh man, I better put that down right now. But you know, for the moms out there who are also listening and they're going, oh, I can't give up my coffee, or oh, this sounds hard, or I've tried in the past. But if if they're like me, I have tried many times over the years, and I have given it up um, during both pregnancies and, and just at various other times in my life. 
And I, I guess I, you know, I didn't know about your off the bean protocol that you so thoroughly describe in your book, but I must have weaned off too fast because I would get those withdrawal headaches and I would feel just like I, I couldn't get going in the morning. And I just, the whole day I was in a, a whole fog and I felt just awful, which is just another testament to the fact that this is a drug and my body was literally going through drug withdrawal. So not only do we not suggest that moms just go, you know, cold Turkey and stop drinking coffee because not only will you go through withdrawal, but your baby who's drinking your breast milk would also experience withdrawal and a baby with a headache is not going to be a very happy baby. So um, I'm sure, you know, you've got so much information in your off the bean program, but for the moms out there who are listening, going, you know, there's some valid points here. I can see what they're saying. It does sound like I'm, I'm maybe having too much. You suggested green tea as a great place to start, but in terms of you know those those side effects, I think that that is actually what scares a lot of people off. I know it scared me off from quitting coffee. Well, yeah, it, it's it's a it, it's the 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 headache that results from not drinking coffee uh, it results from all those blood vessels in your brain. Um, basically dilating. Um, so caffeine has an effect of reducing the, the you know, blood supply to, to your brain. Um, and, wow. And, so and, mom brain might be caffeine brain is what you're saying. Exactly. And I want to say one more time that, that some of your listeners will talk to their friends and neighbors um, and, who have no problem drinking coffee at all. And, and so it, mm. it could very well be that they are in the 50% of people who are rapid metabolizers, whereas someone who drinks you know, a, a cup or two of coffee a day and has, and has adverse side effects is probably a slow metabolizer. And, and this is genetic and, you, and you're not going to change it. Um, it's just the ways, the genes that you inherited from your mom and your dad and the glitches that happened along the way. But half of the population is, it, it can, is fairly good at metabolizing or detoxifying caffeine. And the other half of the population is, are slow metabolizers, which means that even a modest amount of caffeine can have deleterious effects on your health. Wow. I, I'm just blown away. And, and speaking of those deleterious effects on your health, you had mentioned uh, connection in your book, a lot of research there tying uh, that, that there was a connection that could be made in terms of the effects of, of the stress hormones and things and things like breast cancer and, and fibrocystic breast disease. And I started to think of my aunt who I remember visiting, you know, this is years ago, I was probably a teenager and she was just, I mean, she had five kids and she would just run around the house and she would clean everything and it was just spick and span and she was just full of energy all the time. And she would have a, she would brew a whole pot of coffee, right? No one else in the household drank it. And she would drink it throughout the entire day. Like I remember it was 4 PM and she put on another pot of coffee and offered me some. And I was like, I, I'm not, I got to sleep tonight. Like I'm not going to have coffee. And I knew then that that wasn't something I should be having that afternoon. And I, I kind of looked up to her and she might've been, you know, one of those people without that gene mutation, but uh, it ended up being that years later, she actually ended up with breast cancer. And I'm not saying that because she drank two pots of coffee a day, she got breast cancer, but it certainly didn't help. And I'd love to hear more about maybe just a list of those other health consequences that can happen with this overconsumption of caffeine. Well, stress hormones, um, and, and 
when, when we say that, we're thinking mostly of cortisol, but there's, there's you know, epinephrine and, and norepinephrine and, and the stress hormones that result from, from any stimulant, whether it's caffeine or, 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 or another, another drug stimulant. Um, the elevation of stress hormones puts a stress on the body, which, which not only is a problem for insomnia, and of course the insomnia cycle is one which we're finally realizing is very serious. In other words, if you're not sleeping well, there's a lot of things that are going to go wrong in your life. Um, deep sleep is when the immune system does its best work. Deep sleep is when the immune system does its best work. So someone, so someone who does not sleep well uh, is automatically increasing the risk for all kinds of problems, including cancer. Um, and so you've got to understand that, that, that stress and one's ability to manage stress is a key feature in overall health and longevity. Um, I, I was in graduate school when, when a, a, a husband and wife team came to talk to us about this, the stress effect on, on, uh, on immunity. And they told us about it, you know, studies that were done with college students uh, and, and how they were ranking college students uh, according to the, how they were dealing with the stress of graduate school. And, and it, as it turns out, um, the, the, the students that were, that were kind of go with the flow, easygoing, you know, they were, they, they were doing okay. Uh, they had three times the number of natural killer cells in their bloodstream compared to the students who were, who were buckling under the strain. Now, that was serious because the, the particular immune cells that were affected were the primary antiviral, anti-cancer immune cells called NK cells or natural killer cells. So the ongoing stress that the, and these are graduate students, we're not talking about people in their 50s and 60s. These graduate students were setting themselves up for disastrous uh, health challenges simply because they were not able to manage the stress. doesn't mean that everyone should go out and, and, and take Valium. It means that we need to understand that A, caffeine is a stress. It's not the answer to stress. Mm. B, there are ways that you can deal with stress that are proactive, whether it's meditation, biofeedback, you know, a mom's group, uh, where, you know, there is this because life is difficult, as Scott Peck reminds us, because yes. life is difficult, we all need stress management techniques. Um, and I use self-hypnosis. Um, I've, been, I've been meditating for 40 years. Um, this is how I manage stress. <laughs> and I don't drink a lot of coffee, maybe a cup in the morning. Uh, but but to, to use caffeine to deal with stress is like uh, it, it's like shooting yourself in the foot, <laughs> thinking you're going to make it through the day. Yes. Oh gosh. No, you summed that up so well, and and I I absolutely take a holistic uh, approach. In fact, uh, my company it's in the name, but you're you're really just hitting the the nail on the head in terms of this whole body connection and it's not this isolation thing so while we are talking about caffeine but we're talking about really it's the effects of stress and that that is adding to the stress and you've just said that so eloquently and if you listeners cannot tell i mean i i have not met him before doing this interview we chatted you know just briefly right before this but just hearing your voice you definitely sound like a happy lighthearted kind of guy and 
you know, that is obviously something natural. You're not, I don't hear you amped up and all of that. And also I have to say, it is a little refreshing to hear that you might have a cup of coffee in the morning, (laughs) that you're not like this, you're not taking this hard line and saying no one can ever have coffee again, because I think that that sounds impossible and then hard to do for a lot of people. Well, yeah, and it's it's not it's not an all or nothing kind of proposition. It is number one, learning how much caffeine you are consuming, kind of looking at your beverage and food choices, and scratching your head and saying, okay, do I? I, I had no idea that I was because a, a six ounce cup of coffee, which is which, which is a teacup, right? That amount of coffee contains about a hundred milligrams of caffeine. Well, who drinks a who drinks six ounces of coffee? The average Starbucks consumer drinks twenty ounces of coffee. Um, And and so that's, that's right there, 300 milligrams of caffeine. What, you know, so for a small woman, she's not going to sleep well. (laughs) And, 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 and she'll be lying in bed thinking, why can't I get to sleep? Um, and, And it won't, it won't, it won't occur to her that it was because of that cup of coffee she had at nine o'clock that morning. But that's entirely possible that it's contributing to her insomnia. Wow. That is just so powerful. And and I do want to say for the listeners out there, honestly, I mean, his his book, Caffeine Blues, if you can get your hands on it, that's a phenomenal place to start, as well as the newly released metabolic makeover. If you're if you're just someone who is like, you know what, I'm looking to have some more energy in my life. I want to feel good. Uh, maybe even you you have had panic attacks, or you suffer from anxiety and depression. These are really things that it's worth the read. It's worth taking the time. And I've got to say, just for the Caffeine Blues book, he really gives like that example you just gave of, you know, normal, a six ounce cup is like a teacup and any breastfeeding mom out there probably knows what six ounces looks like uh, when you're filling up a bottle or something like that. So we know it's a small amount, but he gives this great detailed like charts on you know how much caffeine is in each different type of thing and and even a list of like medications and things like that that caffeine is found in and and a way to get off of it where you're not going to experience those you know terrible withdrawal symptoms so i urge you really really urge you to just you know do the hard thing and just present this information to yourself and and read these books because this stuff can absolutely be life-changing. And it sounds like you and your wife have seen just amazing results with the patients you've worked with and working on these issues with the stress hormones and all of that. Yeah. And thank you, Jacqueline, for that. And if people want more resources other than the caffeine blues and the metabolic makeover, they can go to thehealthyskeptics.com. It's called thehealthyskeptics.com. Um, and they can they can read more information there about about energy and about health in general. Uh, we have another website called my twenty forty eight m y two zero four eight dot com my twenty forty eight dot com, which also provides a, a good amount of information. Uh, we've we've produced over two hundred and fifty videos, uh, which are accessible on those websites. So please do explore the websites. Um, each website has a, you know, contact us. So if you've got a specific question, we're happy to answer those questions. Um, and, and I really appreciate, Jacqueline, you're, you're bringing this to the public and, and to a, a, a group that is so much in need of this information uh, because we love, we love moms. 
Yeah, no, thank you so much. And you, you really answered my question I always ask, which is how can people find you online? And so we've got that answered. And I'd just love to hear if there's any final thought or piece of advice that you might give to the listeners, just, just one thing that you would encourage them or really want them to take away from the information you've shared with us today. Well, you know, the, the, the holistic approach um, to, to this issue and, and all issues has to, it has to do with understanding that we're all, it's all connected. You know, so, so sleep is critically important. Um, and I'm going to you know, say that one more time. We tend to think because we're all so busy and because, we're all, because we have 500 channels on our television <laughs> – <laughs> and so there's so much to do and so much to see. It's easy to, to forget about sleep. We think that we can push the envelope, that we think that we can, you know, maybe push a little bit more, get a little bit more done, watch one more show. Uh, and, and really, sleep is critically important. Um, and so I want to emphasize that. The second thing I want to emphasize is measuring your DHEA sulfate at your annual physical. You don't ask your doctor to measure your DHEA sulfate. You tell your doctor to include that on your blood chemistry. They mm -hmm. cannot refuse to give you that information. It is your body and you have the right to that information and they have no legal right to withhold it. So you tell your doctor, put down on the blood chemistry, <laughs> I want to know my DHA sulfate level. And it it maybe your insurance company won't pay for it. Fine, it's probably 40 bucks. But it's information that you must have in order to move forward in life with the best possible advantage in terms of your strength, your stamina, your endurance, your mood, uh, and your risk for a whole raft of disorders. Wow, that is so powerful. And I just, I love how you're all about, you know, just, just patient empowerment because I'm very much the same way. And that's a wonderful takeaway. I just have to thank you so, so much for taking the time to do this interview today. Again, I think this is going to be an episode where people might listen to this more than once. Uh, I'm sure you'll find yourself as a listener wanting to share this with friends who you know, breastfeeding or not, could use this information. This is incredibly, incredibly powerful. So thank you again for being here today. My pleasure. Wow. I just have to say, wow, that was seriously a mind-blowing episode. I even learned so much and just reinforced the fact that, you know, not just reading these books, but just taking care of ourselves from that holistic perspective and knowing that nothing happens in a vacuum. So, you know, caffeine doesn't happen in a vacuum. Breastfeeding doesn't happen in a vacuum. Stress doesn't happen in a vacuum. And this is just one more piece of the puzzle to create wellness for yourself and your baby, which is one of the things that I really set out uh, as part of my mission of doing this podcast. So I've got a great summary going for you in the show notes for the podcast. So definitely check that out. I've linked up his websites and Facebook so you can connect with Dr. Chernisky there. Uh, and as he said, feel free to contact him through his website. I know this is someone that I'll be staying in touch with uh, for a very long time. And if you haven't done so already, leave a review for the podcast in iTunes. It's a great way to help other moms just like you find the information they need to support them on their breastfeeding journeys. And if you found this podcast helpful, I know that other moms will too. So 
also share it with friends. Make sure you're subscribed so you get access to new episodes that come out every Wednesday. Thank you so much for being a dedicated listener, and I'll see you on the next episode. Did you know most moms stop breastfeeding in the first month postpartum? I believe succeeding at breastfeeding means having the right mindset. In fact, studies show that the number one factor that determines breastfeeding success is commitment, which is why I've created my incredible audio download of breastfeeding affirmations, where I give you actionable mantras so you can breastfeed your baby with confidence and peace of mind. And best of all, it's free. To get access to this audio and PDF, simply visit holisticlactation.com slash mantras, and you can get started right now.